Welcome to JNR Basketball. I'm John, joined by Ronnie, and today we're going to be talking about the NBA draft. Ronnie, how much do you love the NBA draft? <laughs> it's so boring. What is the big deal about any draft? I, I hate it. It's so dumb. I know that like there's all this talk around like the college players and who's going to get the best best person on the team, but it's, it's not a big deal. I don't like it at all. And we've seen that even when we've done our draft recaps, you know, just because you have a top draft pick, it doesn't mean anything. A lot of those guys don't end up working out or, or changing your franchise one way or right. another. So yeah, I I kind of agree. It's it's cool. It's it's nice to know you're going to have a good draft pick. That means you had a pretty terrible year. But it doesn't. There's no guarantee that you're going to have somebody that's going to change change that. Right. If you're maybe in the top five, then it you could kind of tell right away that it's going to be a a difference on your team. You know, like they, you're probably going to improve because you're going to get a a good draft pick. Everything after that is just luck. Like it, yeah, it doesn't matter with the luck. players. Like you, you could you could pick a player and you don't know what's going to happen with them. You don't know if they're going to be any good for your team. You don't know if you're even going to play them at all next year. It just doesn't even matter. Well, you mentioned the first five, sometimes the top five players. So let's take a look at who got those picks, who had the lottery balls bounce the way they want them to. Orlando with the number one pick overall. Followed by Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, and Detroit rounds out your top five. What I learned recently is I knew they had changed the way that they were going to do it, but I didn't know the actual numbers until I, I researched for this. But it used to be, you know, if you would tank to try to get the worst record so that you would have a better shot at getting the first pick. Well, the NBA right. hated that because you don't want teams intentionally losing. That's bad for the game. So they sort of flattened out the curve. So it used to be, I believe, if you were the worst team, you had like a 33% chance of getting uh, a top three pick. And they have since changed that quite a bit, actually. So now the the three worst teams all have an equal percentage chance to get the number one overall pick. So they dropped it down to 14%. So Houston, Orlando, and Detroit were the worst three teams in basketball this year. They all had a 14, 14% chance of getting the the number one pick. Obviously, it goes to Orlando in this case. Uh, and then you talk about winners and losers, because that always happens. Oklahoma City was projected to be fourth. They ended up moving all the way up to second. Detroit, poor Detroit. They you know <laughs> they had they fell all the way to fifth after having you know one of the three worst records. They should have been in the top three. They fall to fifth. Sacramento, who should have been seventh, moves all the way up to fourth. So they end up being the big winner overall. They had a 7.5% chance of getting the first round pick. And what was their percentage for third? They had an 8.1% chance to be the third, and 85 to be the fourth. So they really, really moved up and uh, had had some luck on their side. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Detroit because that's my other team. You know, they're my, my yeah. other, you know, my other home team. You know, that's where all my family's from, so. But yeah, uh, they had a number one pick last year, and then they you said they're fifth this year now, right? When they Correct. had a chance yeah, to be, be top three. They, yep. Mathematically that, that speaking, they should have been in the top three. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they got their pick last year, and they're going to, they'll be okay. But honestly, all, all these teams are still going to suck next year. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think there's any big injury that someone's coming back from that's going to make the difference or, or anything like that. So I, I agree. It's it's a rebuild process. 
You need to have a couple of good years of the draft, get some good free agent signings, and and as you said, just kind of get lucky sometimes. You find a diamond in the rough, or you pick up an undrafted free agent who uh, really makes contribution to your team. You should maybe give them the phone number and uh, like give give our listeners the phone number and and call in and tell us if we're wrong or see if there's any any big players that maybe we don't know about that we should be talking about or maybe even people overseas too. I would actually like to hear that if there's any overseas players that we should be talking about that should be in the draft. Let us know. Yeah, sure. Uh, the phone number is in the description of the podcast link. Give us a call, leave us a message, and tell us who is going to be an impact player their rookie year. Who's coming out this draft class that you think is going to be a difference maker? Do you believe in conspiracy theories, Ronnie? Uh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> Especially so in the NBA. The NBA, <laughs> the NBA is riddled with conspiracy theories, and I thought it would be fun to kind of look over some of these draft conspiracy theories. Uh, the most popular one being the 1985 NBA draft lottery. Do you know who was coming out of Georgetown that year that was going to be a surefire first pick of the 1985 draft? Georgetown? No. I, I should know this, but I that's an 85. He is a Hall of Famer named Patrick Ewing. Oh, okay. So this was the year he was coming out. Everyone knew he was going to be a difference maker. And the theory is, so back in this day, they did it a little bit differently. They had envelopes, and they put these envelopes into a giant orb, and they rotated the envelopes. And the commissioner would stick his hand in randomly and grab one of the envelopes, and that's who had the first round pick, or that's who Mm. had the first overall pick. So all the teams were there, hoping that they would be able to draft Patrick. And it ended up being the New York Knicks, one of the biggest, if not certainly probably the biggest media market for the NBA. So... The mm-hmm. the theory is that the NBA wanted to have a superstar in New York. They don't like it when teams like LA and New York have bad teams. So let's get them a surefire draft pick. Let's get them the first round pick. And this is where the story, there's two theories. One is the bent envelope theory. So when he holds up the envelope, the one that ultimately ends up being New York's logo inside of it, the corner of it is bent. So the theory <laughs> is, well, it's marked. He obviously was going to grab the one with the bent corner. Watching the video, the way that these envelopes move around, it's very likely it got bent bouncing into each other. So I don't necessarily buy that. That one's also pretty obvious. The one that's more likely, again, if you believe in conspiracy theorists, is the frozen envelope theory. So this involves taking the New York Knicks envelope, putting it into a freezer so that it is ice cold, (laughs) then mixing it in with the other envelopes, so then when the commissioner sticks his hand in, he's looking for the frozen envelope. That's the one that has the New York Knicks logo in it. He pulls it out. So it looks random. It doesn't look fixed. He's not looking. He doesn't even need to look. His eyes can be closed. But he can find the frozen envelope and give the New York Knicks their star. I've never heard of these. These are hilarious. So I believe in conspiracy theories, but not to this point. That's <laughs> stupid. There's no way. You think it's like, stupid? It, oh, yeah. it's a lot of moving okay, pieces. So it's a lot me, of moving let me, pieces. Yeah. Let me ask this: with that, uh, with the bent envelope, first of all. So, are all these envelopes already in the tumbler? They don't actually show no, them putting guy, them in the tumbler. They they show them being put into the tumbler. It's on YouTube, but it's a 1985 video, so the quality is isn't great. Uh, I will put a link to it in the description. You guys can take a look at it yourself. 
and and try to see if anything's fishy going on. But yeah, okay, it, so it's, then it's hard to it, necessarily see it on the input. Is it there a neatly stacked pile of envelopes then? And then the guy would have had a known which one was the Nyx, and he would have had to bent it as he put it into the tumbler then? Yeah, I mean, if if that theory is to believe, be believed, then that is the case. Or same thing with the, the cold envelope. So then it's frozen, but like, how long is it frozen for between these other envelopes? And then obviously if that one's frozen, it's going to make the other two, or if there's two touching it, cold too. So there's no way. <laughs> That's why these are so dumb. So let's do a th- uh, let's see if I could do a science experiment. I'm going to put some envelopes with some paper in it, and I'm going to put one of them in the freezer, and then I'm going to mix it up and see how, how long it takes. I don't, I mean, the theory is that they took it out of the freezer, they put it on the stack, and they went back in and, and did the lottery. So it wasn't like it was sitting out where it could influence other envelopes or, or change its temperature. So, mm, yeah, yeah, if you believe in conspiracy theories, this one, this is probably the most popular conspiracy theory in NBA draft lore. Ridiculous. Yeah, how how long does it but take? wait, when, like... there's more. <laughs> Please, go on. No, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. no. Let's hear your... No, okay. I'm just saying, like, how, how long does it take... An, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're a little delayed. Uh, how long does it take a frozen envelope to lose its, you know, frost? <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <sighs> yeah. to, to, to get, to get uh, you know, warmed up, you know? Like, how long did it have to be out of the freezer before you can't tell it was in the freezer anymore? Well, it depends on how badly you want this to happen, right? You could get some dry <laughs> ice and, and have <laughs> it know, super frozen we? if you want to. How long was it on the table for? Like, did it just the dude would have had to like take it out of the freezer and then like slip it onto the table of you know the stacked envelopes, and then it would have had to they would have had to like put them in a tumbler real quick before it started to thaw out. I I don't know, Ronnie. I don't know what to tell you. But here's an interesting fact: going back to to the frozen envelope, the accounting company that was in charge of making sure no shady business was going on. At the time, so they were overseeing the 1985 draft, again, to make sure that it was fair and and equal for all teams involved. They were 81% owners of the Madison Square Garden. (laughs) Yeah, they were. A little suspicious, isn't it? The company that's overlooking this has a a share in the the stadium where they would play. So they would stand to gain substantially if they Those are the things that I like. I like like information like that. That's, That's good information. So we may never know if uh, if this was rigged, but do you want to know something special about the, so the Charlotte Bobcats, I'm sorry, the Charlotte Hornets moved to New Orleans mm-hmm. and they became the New Orleans Pelicans at some point in time. We've talked about the Pelicans a lot and yeah. they struggled to find an owner. And for a while it was owned by the NBA, by the NBA. I, I, okay. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Or if our, our listeners are aware of that. But there was a point in time where the NBA owned the team in New Orleans. They eventually became called the Pelicans. Uh, mm-hmm. During that time, there was a lot of a lot of sus moves that were made. The Lakers attempted to trade for Chris Paul. The owners of the Pelicans, which was the NBA, blocked the trade. Only to allow Chris Paul to then be traded to the Clippers. So they mm-hmm. got a new owner. And... They finally found an owner. It was Tom Benson, who happened to be the Saints owner. He bought the team for $338 million. $338 is a heck of a deal, but $338 million. 
And the the theory is that he was told, you buy the team, we'll make sure you get the number one pick. And the mm-hmm. reason was because there was another superstar coming out that year known as Anthony Davis. And getting the number oh, one yeah. pick, having a superstar take become the face of your franchise, that that's a pretty good deal if, if you're trying to buy a team, if you're trying to, to get into the NBA business. So that mm-hmm. is the theory there is that it was rigged so that the NBA could sell the team, get out of controlling, having to control that, and, and allow the new owner to get a superstar player in the draft. Right. You don't seem convinced, Ronnie. No, I mean it's it's. It, I I remember that when it happened. I I didn't have a problem with it, but <laughs> whatever it is, there's it's. Well, you no. what, what if I told you that wasn't the first time something like this has happened? So let's okay. let's get in our time machine and go back to 1993. The Orlando Magic had just been sold to a new owner, and wouldn't you know it, they got the first round pick that very next year. Of course. <laughs> Sounds a little familiar. Who was this 1993 20-year-old phenom that was drafted? Well, definitely Maybe not heard Shaq. Of Sha- Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> Have you ever heard of uh, Shaquille O'Neal? He's a pretty good guy. Who? Yeah, I remember he played on the Suns and he sucked. <laughs> so the Magic gets a new owner. They magically get the first-round pick. Draft Shaquille O'Neal. The Pelicans get a new owner. Magically get the first-round pick. Draft. Draft Anthony Davis. Nice. That makes dun, sense. Dun, dun. <laughs> what about Oklahoma right, City? Though? They this. were a new team at that same time, right? Yeah, but it's Oklahoma. No, I, there's no... <laughs> these conspiracy theories don't always have to be consistent, Ronnie. But yeah, no. No <laughs> Oklahoma City on here. Did, it, did um, they get... Oh, well, I guess they, they were attached to him from Seattle, though. So that's a that might be a little different. Yeah, they already yeah, had they Kevin Durant, so that's true. All right, number three on our list involves a one of my favorite players, Dikembe Mutombo. So we're going not that far back to 2016. The Philadelphia 76ers uh, had the best chance of winning the number one pick on the lottery night, but as you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But Dikembe Mutombo tweeted. Congratulations to Sixers for grabbing the number one spot in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. That that seems like a pretty a pretty innocent tweet, right? Yeah. What if I told you it happened four hours before the draft lottery actually took place? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's so how did that weird, happen back in the it? day? So it, because it wasn't a tweet, what did they do? Was it a phone call or was it? No, a... no, it, it was it was 2016. So he was he was no longer playing. He just tweeted. Congratulations to the Sixers for grabbing oh, the number okay, one spot. Oh, okay, I see. He so I thought it. you were talking about when, like, the year he was drafted. No, I no, see no, what you're no. saying. No. Okay, this was gotcha. this was very, fairly recent. You know, in the last eight years. Uh, so he congratulations to the Sixers for grabbing the number one spot four hours before the draft lottery that supposedly was to air live. That you know mm-hmm. is is a real thing. Um, before that even happened, and the Sixers end up with the first round pick. They they get the number one spot. So. What do, you, so, what do you think about that, Ronnie? My guess is that they did the ping pong balls, you know, like in their room, and then they they there's a group of people that that know everything, but they're supposed to keep it quiet so that way they could put the answers in the sealed envelopes and then open up the envelopes like they did this year in front of everybody and then actually announce it to to the world. 
Well, 2016, that wasn't how they did the lottery. It was it was supposedly live where they would have all those ping pong balls come in and they would just pick out, you know, the team. <laughs> Maybe it was on a so. time delay so in case there's any bad words said <laughs> a four-hour time delay. <laughs> no. So the, the explanation that exists is that the 76ers had asked Dikembe to tweet that if the Sixers end up with a first-round pick. Apparently, Matumbo did not see the if and just said, yeah, I'll tweet that and just tweeted it <laughs> before it actually took place. So uh, gotcha. I think that one maybe is not that big of a deal. It's it's just somebody that doesn't quite understand technology saying, OK, yeah, I could tweet that, whatever. I don't care. And then mm-hmm. not realizing that there was a condition to tweeting that. So, yeah, that one a little little less suspicious, maybe. And it's not Let's his first language at... to, to, you know, yeah. We just covered the 2003 NBA draft, or we just redrafted the 2000 NBA draft, 2003 NBA draft, and that was probably the best draft class that we'll see in our lifetimes with LeBron James going first overall. Uh, the Cavaliers end up with a first-round pick, mm-hmm. and they were not necessarily the favorite. So they got the number one pick. Let's see. Um... I think I remember yeah, this so a little this bit. This one's not this suspicious. Yeah. They they ended up... So it's just... You have this generational talent, LeBron James, who is from Akron, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, and they end up with the first round draft pick to draft the hometown kid. Mm-hmm. Does that seem like it a little bit too much like a like a fairy tale or like a, a children's story? Or does that seem does that seem reasonable? Well, I mean, it's bound to happen sometime, right? So... It just, I think it just finally happened out of all those years. So I don't, I don't think it's unlikely that, you know, it's fine. It's, it's not suspicious. It is a little bit, you know, but it's fine. Yeah. It's just, you know, it it works out that way. But then for them to get the number one, number one overall pick in 2003, which was LeBron James, they get it again in 2011. They get it again in 2013. They get it again in 2014. At what point do you start saying, how do they get? The number one spot, three of the next three of four years. That seems a little bit suspicious. Uh, in 2011, they only had a 2.8 percent chance to actually get the number one spot, yet they win it. In 2014, they had a 1.7 percent chance of getting the first pick, and they win it. So why wow. is the NBA so invested in Cleveland getting good spots? So that someone so, did the math dude- and said. That the odds of them getting all three of those like they did was one thousand four hundred ninety three to one. Okay. So do they have a really big market? Because I know Cleveland Browns, for example, they they do have one of the the biggest markets out there for for the yeah. There's just, Browns are one of the most popular teams, and it doesn't really sound like it, you know, because they they're usually a losing team, but they have a, a really strong following behind them. Yeah, I I don't know. I know the 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 theory is that once LeBron left, they wanted to have Cleveland be relevant because that you know the the, the income or, or the the city of Cleveland relied so heavily on the Cavaliers for jobs and and all the stuff. You know those games were always sellouts, so they wanted yeah. to try to make them relevant as soon as possible to have a successful team in Cleveland, knowing the revenue that that team could generate when they were successful. I mean, there there is nothing to do in Cleveland, right? It, it's like a huge Tucson. So, I mean, I I think that 
the sports teams out there. That's why they're so popular because there's nothing else to focus on other than sports. So yeah, you you get those teams to be popular, you're gonna have a lot of income coming in from from those teams. Yeah, I got one more hometown suspicious draft pick. All right, two thousand eight, the Chicago Bulls had a one point seven percent chance of landing the top pick. So much so that the the guy that wins it, I forget, he was like the media director or something that was supposed to go. He almost just skipped it because it's like, we're never going to get the first round pick. 1.7% chance. I'm not even going to waste my time. Well, guess yeah. what? They get it. And that year, hometown favorite, kid that grew up just outside of Chicago, or grew up in Chicago, Derek Rose was slotted to be the first pick. The Chicago Bulls draft Derek Rose, and he becomes the face of their franchise. Nice. So yeah, it it almost so again, becomes you have, yeah the the hometown hero. You know the they they keep getting these first round draft picks, and it, it is kind of funny how it's working out like that. Interesting. It is Ronnie. It is. We're so that's Aiton. that's all the conspiracy theories I have from this. I think DeAndre Ayton. I think you is that what your question was? Yeah, I was going to say Ayton played at and... Arizona University. So is that another conspiracy theory? Did he play? I don't think he played at the Arizona University. I think he went to high school. He did. In I only know this because my buddy texts me all the time. He's like, "Did you see Aiden? And he's he's from Arizona. Oh yeah, he was a wild guy. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, huh, lots of people go to college. You go to if you're a basketball player, it makes sense to go to a college. I mean, he's not from Arizona. It's not like he went to. Yeah. He just went to a, a, a school. Arizona Wildcats. I have a lot of alumni in the NBA. Jason Kidd, I mm-hmm. think, went to Arizona State. Or not Arizona State. Uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, University yep. of Arizona. Wow. Um, so I think that, that you get that a lot. U, U of A is one of those schools that has a lot of a successful track record with, with college basketball. So yeah. That, yeah, it's to a me big is school to go to for basketball. If, if he went to high school in Arizona... And then, you know, he went and played at Kentucky for a year. And then the Phoenix Suns draft him. That maybe is a little bit more suspicious. Because then he truly is the hometown kid. But he mm-hmm. just played a year of college here. That's not that's not yeah. nothing. Okay. That's kind the big conspiracy though. theories that I found. There, There's a lot of them. You know, it depends on how, how thick you want your aluminum foil hat to be. But <laughs> uh, there's definitely controversy associated with it. They've They've changed the system now a little bit. We talked about that briefly where they try to flatten the curve to prevent teams from taking as much. And now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more likely you're going to see a larger spread. They're trying to also negate the benefits of tanking so that, you know, hey, you're not guaranteed a top three pick anymore. You could fall out of the top five, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, maybe you try to win some games. What are your thoughts on that, too? What do you think about conspiracy theories? Do you think there's any truth to these, or do you think it's just silliness? And that, like, I... I always been told to follow the money, you know, like wherever wherever the money is, then that that's usually the teams that are going to get the the good good things, you know. So, but what do you think? I think if you look at that approach of follow the money, the first one with the frozen envelope makes a lot of sense. The NBA needs New York to be good because it's such a big market, and you can charge a ton for those tickets. But you need a good player, and the team that was auditing the the draft had a financial interest in the team, so. Yeah, that seems like that seems plausible if we're doing like a MythBusters thing. It's, you know, not confirmed, I, but it's plausible. 
Yeah, I, I was going to say when you were mentioning that one, I was like, man, we should do a Mythbusters episode now. I kind of want to do that. I, I want to get like, how many envelopes were in there though? Was it, was it like 16 teams or was it so no, 16 it envelopes? It wasn't 16. It was, I want to say eight, but I don't know for okay. sure. Okay. So then, then I, I feel like it's my, it's a little more believable then because it would be a lot easier to dig through eight envelopes than you know, like all 32 teams, for example. Yeah, sure. Or like ping pong balls, you know, where they just put a bunch in now. So interesting. Okay, so yeah, I, I think you could probably pick the cold envelope out, out of eight, but even still, can... I'd like to give it a try, though. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, let's let's put some envelopes in and, and give yeah. it a try. Tell people to grab the cold one with their eyes closed and see yep. and see how it goes. Okay, yeah, that, that'll be a fun little experiment. I, I know my kids will happily volunteer to be... The person that closes their eyes and tries to find the cold one, but you got to do it in the natural way too. That's part of it. You can't just be yeah. Like you can't be around. digging around, right? Yeah. So I have to look up and see how many envelopes actually went in and, and give that a try. Uh, but that that might be interesting, interesting to try. So yeah, I'll give that a try and I'll report back. But that's the only <laughs> one that seems that one and the fact that they were able to uh, the New Orleans Pelicans with their drafting of. Anthony Davis also seems a little suspicious because it was in the mm -hmm. NBA's best interest to get rid of that team because it's not making any money. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. the NBA doesn't want to have that on its books as a uh, liability. So it makes right. sense to sweeten the deal, so to speak, to to unload that team to a willing owner. $338 million is, it seems like nothing for a basketball team. Now, this was in 2012, so it was 10 years ago. It still right. still seems pretty low. Like I imagine some teams are most teams are worth the billions. Yeah, I was gonna say what I wonder what it is worth right now. Yeah, you can look, look that up. up that, that'd be cool. Yeah. Franchise worth. Franchise I'd imagine it, I'm gonna take a guess and say one point seven billion. One, <laughs> I think that's yeah, one point five like, is the guess. Or is, oh, is what yeah. it says online. Again, this is oh, all so close. make believe, right? At the end of the day, if no one's gonna buy it for one point five, then it's not worth one point five billion. But right. Good point. A pretty good return on investment for for ten years of uh, time, right? That that's definitely covered the cost of inflation there. <laughs> so that one seems suspicious, uh, for sure. But other than that, I, I would say the rest of them, you know, probability. Some you just never know. You're going to have those outliers, uh, like we saw with Cleveland and Chicago. It just happened to line up with the hometown. Oh, I don't know. That sounds suspicious too. The outliers <laughs> just happened to line up when the hometown kid was ready to be yeah. drafted. I don't know. I kind of want to watch those drafts on TV too. You know, I want to go on YouTube and see how they did them. Yeah, I'll put a link to the to the nineteen eighty five one in the description of the podcast. So check it out. Let me know what you think. You can tweet us. You can call the fan line. Uh, but it's it's a it's a good watch because it's just. It looks so natural. It doesn't look like anything fishy is going on, but mm -hmm. yeah, we'll have to test it out. Well, when you have billions of dollars, you have plenty of time to practice too, you know? It's not like you're doing anything, you know? Just that's sit true. in your room and yeah. practice and make it look good, you know? Yeah, that's true. So there's 30 teams in the NBA right now. That's not a very good round number. I would like there to be 32 teams. And we, we put this out on the podcast a, a couple episodes ago where mm -hmm. we're going to come up with cities and team names for our f expansion, our, our pretend expansion franchises. So uh, I came up with two. 
Hopefully you have two as well. I, I got two texted to us on the fan line that I'd also like to share, but um, let's let's just start with one city. So what what is the first city that you think is deserving of an NBA franchise, or maybe yeah, so a very, second a second NBA yeah. franchise? <laughs> the very first one that I I think they should bring back is Seattle SuperSonics. They that was my favorite. They were they were amazing. Bring them back, and it's been said so many times. I'm I'm not the only one that that thinks this. Like a lot of people think that they should come back. Okay, I so you would come back as the Seattle SuperSonics. Absolutely, just like the Charlotte Hornets came back, even though they were the Bobcats for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think they should absolutely bring it back. And uh, it was a, I I don't know really why they left. I don't know the story behind it, you know. But um, yeah, I think it was a bad decision, and I think Seattle misses them. Um, I I think that that's a great area to have a team too up in that corner in the United States. I I also went with Seattle. Um, our listener also went to Seattle, but we we and, and then our listener Jack did not have the same name. Although I, I I've gone back and forth, and I probably would eventually land on the Seattle Sonics, SuperSonics. Uh, our listener Jack said the Seattle Pikes. Pikes, okay. The Pikes. So a pike is a type of fish. There, the city of Seattle has Pikes Market, which is the famous market there. That's where they throw the fish there. And it was founded by a John Pike, so he sort of has some historical roots in that in that city. Uh, Pike's Market obviously is is a big attraction for tourists, and they do a lot of fishing out of Seattle. That's why Pike's Market exists. I don't know if they sell pike fish at Pike's Market, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the Seattle Pikes, their mascot would be a fish. I think that would be the only fish named in the NBA. You have the dolphins. In football, right? Are there any other fish themes? Or like in baseball, there's the Mariners and the oh, the, the the Marlins too. Yeah, yeah. So but I thought no, that was yeah, an interesting no. one. Uh, good name, I, you know, not for me. But um, I <laughs> really struggled with the Seattle. So Seattle was the second city that popped up in my head. But since we're talking about it, I I like the idea of doing the Supersonics. But then I kind of thought, well, let's just let's pick an original name. So Seattle yeah. is known for their music. And, you know, we already have the Utah Jazz, so the, the music theme is is something we've done. But I just think, like, Seattle Grunge sounds stupid. Seattle <laughs> Rock sounds really – I mean, Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle, so Seattle Rock maybe, but that – Seattle I, nothing, Space Needles. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't crazy about any of those. Uh, so then I was like, the Seattle Musicians? No, that's terrible. Um, so I, I think I would go back to the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about Seattle rain since it's always raining there? The Seattle rain. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, they have a, they have a WNBA team there. I don't know what they're called. Do you know? When I said it, I kind of thought like, wait, is that a WNBA I, name? Same thing, right? <laughs> uh, WNBA Seattle. Or is it Seattle Storm? Seattle Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes and sense. Their, their hockey team is the Seattle Kraken. Uh, pulling oh, yeah. off of that sea theme that they have, they have a you know the the big bay by there is called Puget Sound, but their soccer team is called the Sounders, I believe. So that's mm. that's already kind of they've already taken some of these good names. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of oh the other one that I had that just as I'm googling Seattle Sounders reminded me, and this is the one that I, I wanted to stick with actually was the Seattle Bombers. Eh. Eh. Why do you say eh? So the reason, let me tell you the reason behind it. So Boeing is based out of Seattle, just outside of Seattle. During World War II, 
they made, I would say, 50% of the bombers that, that flew over as part of the World War II effort, the war effort. So they have a history in aviation and specifically with the bombers. I don't remember if it was the B-19s, um, but they, they have that. So I, I thought the Seattle bombers might be kind of, kind of cool. It doesn't roll off the tongue very well. I get it. I, I can, I understand that. I but, mean, I, uh, I do like it, but I just think it's, uh, I don't think you, when you had like Washington bullets, for example, and they had to change that. Yeah. It, I yeah. just, it's kind of a little too, just the word bomb really, you know, like no one is going to really want that. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, we, how about Seattle AK-47s? That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they called? No, yeah, yeah I, I understand. If, if you're going to go back to war stuff, you know, and everything. So. Well, don't you worry. You're really going to hate my second team name. <laughs> but Seattle Bombers was the first one that I that I was like, okay, I'm kind of on board with that. But I do agree with you. Probably the Supersonics are the best. Although I, I flirted with the idea of the Seattle Semisonics because Semisonic uh, yeah, was a that's band cool. and they're known for music. But then I was just like, that's like a only relevant to people in the age group of like 35 to 42. So <laughs> no, but it's, it's kind of mixing like well. both things, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's mixing music and, but it's, uh, it's also mixing the old name supersonics. I kind of like that. It's a very dated reference, but yeah. Seattle Semisonics was <laughs> one name <laughs> that popped up in my head at some point in time. So we I have... wonder how they got that team name in the first place. Like where, where did they choose a supersonic from? You know, I, 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 I understand supersonics, but why in Seattle? Would they just maybe, maybe that was like a a new because thing? Because of the aviation with Boeing being there, you know, you you, yeah. you go semisonic. Oh gosh, I keep saying it. Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. Let's see, Seattle Supersonics team origin name origin. Yeah, Let's like see. I bet at that time, maybe when they were picking names, that was maybe when airplanes first went supersonic. So it just kind of was like a, a new word and a a cool word. So they they went with it for their team. It was inspired by the Boeing plant in Seattle. Look at that. Great yep. minds. Uh, the company had begun wor working on a Concorde-like airplane, which was to be called the Supersonic Transport. Cool. So there you go. I learned something new today. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah, very welcome. Thank you. All right. So for my second city, I went with Las Vegas. I had them on my mind, but I... I kind of thought that was a little too obvious. So I went with, I want to wow. do a new area. <laughs> I thought, so that, I, I I like thought it. that's the team I was going to go with, but I'm not a complete moron. So <laughs> I went with a different team. <laughs> so I actually chose, uh, I would want a team in Hawaii. Um, I, and oh, I just nice. kind of pulled a name out of my bum. You know, it just said like the Hawaii Hawaiians. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawaii Hawaiians. Because why not? <laughs> I think the only downside with the Hawaii team, and I think you see it in college football, is that is a gnarly plane trip that you'd have to make. Yep. But can you imagine like the New York Knicks going to play in Hawaii? Just the travel yeah. that would be associated with that. It would be rough. Right. And then yeah, I was I was thinking like I, I would like a team in Las Vegas, but I don't know. I mean it's I don't know why I, I just kinda thought like it, let's do a, a new cool place, you know, like yeah, Las Vegas is cool. I I love it. But let's just go somewhere different and remember they used to do the pro bowl in hawaii and and the football yeah. players used to love to go there i honestly don't think a lot of the nba players would mind flying to hawaii for a game you know <laughs> what if for a game but what if you're on the hawaii hawaiians and you have to go you have a away game in new york and then you have a home yep. game and then you have an away game in miami so you, you almost have to write their <laughs> schedule so that they would have like 
30 consecutive road games and they're playing, <laughs> right. you know, in the in the continental United States. And then they'd have 30 yep. consecutive home games where they could stay at home or, or something like that. But then a playoff series would be just rough. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yep. Good point. I still would like to see it, but I know oh, it's I not going it. to happen. The Hawaii we'll Hawaiians. What's their mascot? How about the, how about the Alaska Alaskans? <laughs> <laughs> Another top-notch original name. <laughs> I mean, the state is so big. You gotta be able to, yeah. you know, like find some good bas- basketball players around there, right? Alaska. Is there, is there any team name that has a ridiculous name like that? Where we're like <laughs> the Washington so. Generals. Well, the Washington no, Commanders. Not, yeah, not that is a. I, yeah. I only my mind can make something as original like that. Something as original like that. Uh, our listener Jack came up with Baltimore, the Baltimore Bears. And I guess mm-hmm. that Baltimore has bears in or around the city. Uh, they're known for black bears or brown bears or some type some type of bear. And I are they known for ravens too? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the Baltimore. I mean, there's a lot of Bears teams already, right? You have the Chicago Cubs, which are basically bears. You have the Chicago Bears, which are literally bears. Um, is there a panda themed team? But should but be? that's in Maryland, right? So. They already have a Boston. Boston's not Maryland. Boston, Maryland isn't in... What? Oh, boy. Where's where's Boston? Oh, Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> Wait, oh, what? boy. Isn't there a team in Maryland that the... The NBA doesn't have a team in Maryland. Then. The huh. NBA team does not have a team in Maryland. All right, my bad. Yeah, I'm watching so, the Celtics. I'm like, God, this this state is so yeah. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next week on JNR, we're going to have a geography test, so stay tuned. <laughs> now, Baltimore Baltimore Bears. I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Baltimore having one. I didn't come up with Baltimore on my list. I just don't know if I'm crazy about the Bears, but then I have nothing better. So The, the teddy the, bears. You know what? Maybe you go with the bird <laughs> because their baseball team is the Baltimore Orioles. Their football team is the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think they have a hockey team. So maybe you got to do some sort of bird in Baltimore to to fit the bird theme that they already have. That's what I would yeah, do. I'd pick a but... bird. Like a, a silly bird, like the finches. <laughs> How about the Cardinals? They're pretty silly. Oh, there's, a, there's already a Cardinals football and baseball team, so yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Let's get them all. The state oh, bird that's... is the Orioles, so that's already been taken. So that's unfortunate. But yeah, Baltimore, I think Baltimore would make a good city to have a base uh, an NBA team. I went with Las Vegas, like we mentioned, and I struggled with names here as well because I was thinking, what is Las Vegas known for? So I guess let's talk about their teams that they currently have. They have the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders has been moved around from L.A. to Oakland to L.A. to Oakland and now to Las Vegas. Not an original name for the city, unrelated to the city. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are the hockey team, and there was some significance to that i don't remember exactly what it was let's see golden knights uh was it because it was next to the excalibur no it has nothing to do with that um the team name includes knights as homage to the black knights of the united states military academy the owner's alma mater because knights were according to foley the epitome of the warrior class so he named it for where he went to school Mm. So I would name them the the Las Vegas Jokers. Well, that's where I was kind of going. Is is 
let's what's what's known in Las Vegas? Well, you play blackjack, but I don't imagine the name the Las Vegas BJ's would make it to anyone's favorite team. Right. That wouldn't really work. Uh, they're known for cards, so I thought the Las Vegas Kings. Well, there's already a, a basketball team called the Kings. The Las Vegas Queens. I, I'm I don't know if that would work. Uh, sure. The Las the Las Vegas Jacks. Eh. Mm. But I like the Las Vegas Jokers. That's that's a better name than what. Um, yeah, that's a good one. But I ended up going with the Las Vegas Gamblers, which I know the NBA would absolutely hate. But <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of anything else. You know, the Las Vegas Outlaws. I was trying to figure out. You know, they're tied to early mob. But I don't, again, I don't think the NBA would really want that image of a team being named after you know, crime bosses or something. That so. would be cool. The Las Vegas Mobsters. That'd be a really cool logo. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but I so I went with the Las Vegas Gamblers. Not super happy about it or proud of it, but that's uh, that's kind of where I landed after all of that. So they're also known for their clubs. The Las Vegas Clubbers. Yeah, <laughs> that's a terrible name. Why don't you just call them the Las Vegas Vegans? <laughs> <laughs> the Las Vegas Vegans. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> that's the best. No, let's go backwards. Let's call it the Las Vegas Nevadians. Yeah, I like it. So I, I Las Vegas and Seattle, I thought were pretty obvious ones. Um, Baltimore, I think is good. Seattle, yeah, Hawaii Hawaiians. I'm, I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna be on board with that one, Ronnie. I'm sorry. All right. But what so... are your thoughts for uh, team cities and names? Give us a call. Send us a text. Tweet us. We'd love to hear some more ideas on. What city should have an NBA team and what that name should be? And if there's any historical significance, let us know. Because uh, as you can tell, we, we don't know a lot. So help us out. Uh, what, about, wanna... what about like in an area where the it's not there's no basketball teams? You know, like Idaho, the Idaho Potatoes or something like that. You know, get, get part of the potatoes, other United yeah. States like involved, you know? Well, you still need a big city because at the end of the day, right, it's revenue sharing. So you're not going to mm-hmm. want to put a small a team in a small market. Because you can combine teams... Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. There's nothing there. So Nebraska to right, but a team p- right in the middle of are, them. Are fans going to come to those games? Uh, sure. You see those college games of college football games? Yeah. But I don't think they're charging a lot for those games. I think that's part of it. NBA likes mm. to charge. I don't know. The, uh, the other thing I honestly thought about doing obviously never come to fruition is do something like what you mentioned with the small market teams, but like relocate. So half of our home games are going to be in this city, half our home or, or in the quarters or something like that. So the first yeah. quarter of the year will be the Idaho Idahoans or, or whatever <laughs> the team name is. And you just sort of move the team. So you give, you get exposure to more fans kind of like what the NFL is doing with their international series where teams play their home games, you know, overseas to, to kind of appeal to a larger fan base. I think it'd be cool if you could do that and, and you know, mm-hmm. have, part of your season played in Europe where, you know, Europeans are crazy about basketball. I think they would really, really like that. Yeah. What if they had like, not like the all-star weekend, like in Europe, but just have like a week of basketball where all the teams play like in Europe. I don't even know if you need to do all the teams, but maybe you could. So you know what? That's a really good idea. The NBA was talking about trying to do a mid-season tournament and they didn't really understand how the logistics of that would work, but maybe you make that mm-hmm. an international tournament. So then, you know, international fans can be closer to some of these games and see some of their favorite players. And 
right. the players from Europe could maybe actually have their family attend some of those games. That'd be really cool. Right, exactly. Well, I was just thinking if you do have all the teams there for a week, it, it kind of becomes a celebration. And then it's not, you don't have to worry about like traveling for, you know, like let's say if you have one game in, in New York and then the next game in Europe, you know, where you got to travel all that time for one game. You just have all the teams there for a week and then maybe get them a couple of days break for travel. Well, I think you, I think you do that right before or right after the all-star break, right? So you have the international period and then you do the all-star break. And that way people have a time to get back and players participate mm-hmm. in the all-star game. It's not that important. So you don't need to be, you know, you can kind of relax and, and, and enjoy that weekend a little bit more, but yeah, I think that'd be right. really, really cool. Yeah. Great idea. I'll, I'll write I'll a letter. Text a commissioner. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. We're going to call it the, the Ronnie International Basketball Tournament. Yeah. Uh, I want to continue to build on this. And what I wanted to do is, now that we have our teams, the Seattle, Super, the Seattle Semisonics and the Hawaii <laughs> Hawaiians, let's, um, let's try to build a starting five roster based off of this year's salary dollars. But let's give ourselves a salary cap a hard cap where we have to put together our top five players. So I was thinking a hundred million dollars. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, sure. Are we doing just free agents only or just like, no, no, no. We're going to do anyone that anyone that play, we're going to look at this year. So 2021, 2022 value. So they don't have to be free. We're just going to pick five players that we want to, as our starting five based off their, what they make currently. Okay. And just kind of come up with that and uh, see see what that would look like and see what our starting five would be. And, and maybe we'll f- try to talk about why we picked that team and, and where we go from there. So if, 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 if you guys listening, JNR fans, if you guys want to do that as well, uh, there's a lot of good resources to see what contracts are. But, you know, $100 million is is a good number because take somebody like James Harden, which I don't know that anyone's going to want to pick him. He had a pretty miserable year, but he makes like right. $40 million. So if you pick him, there goes 40% of your budget. So yeah. you kind of have to be selective with which superstars you want, which role players you want. And you want to do five or do you want to do eight? Uh, let's, do just like do... let's just do well, five. That'll eight, be easier. Would... Yeah, we, we could start with five, but okay. if then... we... If we want to, we'd maybe just do a few more just in case, but... Okay. If you go up to eight, I think we need more money. But uh, yeah, yeah, let's start with five. So that's, what, an average of $20 million a person. Obviously, you are you could build a team like that, but I, I, I imagine you're going to have one or two sort of superstars and then some, some solid role players around them. Yeah, um, yeah let's do eight. All right, eight. And we can we'll, do it. Do you want to do 120? Was, yeah, let's just do whatever it is like for... For all the other teams, is it 120 million right now? More or less, yeah, it's in that range. So let's do 120 million dollars for our starting five plus three rotational guys. So eight players total, 120 million dollars. Let's come up with our our expansion team and see what that looks like. And uh, we'll talk about that probably not the next episode because probably need to do some research on that. But in a, in a soon to be aired, soon to be created episode, we're going to create our expansion team with a a hard cap salary and, and battle them against each other. We should get like a NBA 2K or NBA simulator and, and actually play out a handful yes. of games with these teams. Then we will know the true winner. <laughs> yep. I still have some old NBA games like NBA shootout 95. We could, I could create some players on there. <laughs> <laughs> when um, one of our friends have the kid and every year for Christmas or every year for his birthday, I give him the Xbox 360 
uh, NBA 2K with like maybe 2K09 or 2K06. I don't know what it is, but it's the one where Chris Paul is on the cover where he was with uh, <laughs> New Orleans. And he's like, I nice. don't even have the system. I was like, oh, sorry. And then I steal <laughs> it back and give it to him again next year. And he's, he just expects it now. And he's just like, all right, now where's my real gift after he opens up my fake gift? Nice. But uh, I, I enjoy doing that. If I ever lose that game, I'll have to try to find a copy of it to, yeah. to reorder. But it's crazy to think that Chris Paul was on the cover of that and he's still playing in the NBA today. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, join us next time. Our episodes are coming out every Monday and Friday. In addition to that, we're doing overtime bonus episodes every single game after the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, and NBA Finals. So check in with that. We're going to record those as soon as the game ends and try to get them released as soon as possible. Uh, short 10, 15, 20-ish minute episodes. So be sure to catch those. Check the show description. Learn how you can interact with the show. We'd love to hear feedback from you. And we'd love to hear your comments on, on some of these questions that we pose or uh, just general what you want to talk about. You know, this is a podcast for fans, by fans. And we'd love to hear from you. So don't be shy. And thanks for listening to us. And we'll see you soon. Yeah, I'm going to book my vacation at Boston, Maryland now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> 